only flexing here at Four Seconds Out Wild Friends and their joy and a lovely spring day. I think Be we can spring has sprung. Beautiful, as my dad would say. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. What a day for it. Lovely. Here at um, Fredericks, of course, in Islington, to announce officially <coughs> Anthony Yard's return against Lyndon Arthur on a big, big show. It was already a big show, but this has made it even bigger. April the 11th on the bar, Joyce Bill. When we spoke to you last after the Kovalev fight, I know you were keen for Anthony to not waste any time, get straight back in there as high a level as possible. Does Lyndon Arthur qualify as that big fight you were looking for? Uh, I think Lyndon qualifies as the right fight for Anthony at this particular time. You know, we had one, uh, as they say, Jimmy Screechy fight. <laughs> we slid it in, in Spain, and, uh, and that was good for, for Anthony first. And it was good for me because, you know, he has been out. He had been out for I think six months or so, six seven months. And uh, you know, it's all that experience again. You know, getting the doing the weight, uh, the weigh-in, you know, the build-up. And it was good for us. It was only me and him uh, up until the Thursday. Then Ade and Cam came out. And that was, so that was really good. So to answer your question, yes, Lyndon Arthur definitely fits the bill. I wasn't. We weren't looking for, him. <laughs> but I saw some tweet about 20 days rejected a fight. And I was like, I didn't even know about a fight, to be honest with you, but, you know, knock yourself out. But it's kind of another box to tick, isn't it? Like yeah. a big domestic semi-grudge match, although they're standing quite close together at the moment, so maybe their grudge isn't that pronounced, but it's another box to tick. He hasn't had that big domestic rivalry until now. Yeah, well, first of all, it's not a grudge match, you know. Uh, I must say, you know, even though they're from up north and we're from south, we come from the same kind of environment, same struggles, everyone knows, you know. And, and the thing about it, when you, when you grow up in those sort of environments, you know, a lot of people don't get out, so they work hard and, you know, they, they think positive and they try to think bigger than their environment. And I think, you know, Pat Barrett, Lyndon, um, and the whole of those Collierhurst boys are an example of that. And you already know what it is with me and Andy. Started from the bottom, now we're now here. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, no grudge and, uh, and um, you know, domestic, yeah, I think people do want to see that. But, listen, it's mathematics. You don't get to the top of the tree and fight an elite champion if you ain't doing something right. So yes, we came up a little bit short, but we see our level. We saw the level. <coughs> Sorry, <Huh>? coronavirus. <laughs> no chance. I don't believe in none of that. You can't catch it via I YouTube. <laughs> you I don't think. <laughs> you can't catch it via YouTube. That's right. But yeah, on a serious note, um, we worked hard then. You know, and you know me. You know, you know, Andy. We were we were sharing boots, Adidas boots, <laughs> when we started. You know, uh, I was throwing them away. Andy was saying, "No angst. We got another three months out. Wear out of those boots." <laughs> <laughs> so it's like we've been up to the top of the mat. We know what it feels like, and uh, that's something that 98, 99 percent of the boxing fraternity can't say. Trainers can't say that. Fighters can't say that. We've done it, and. Uh, I, I never look at things as a step down. I just think at, I look at it as a, the next step in the journey. And uh, Lyndon Arthur, he asked for it. And um, we still got a few days to the fight. Let's hope we don't get another situation where someone does say they want to fight us and then pull out the fight <laughs> a couple of days with a mystery, <laughs> mystery shoulder injury. <laughs> You've obviously learned some lessons from the Kovalev fight and, and been enriched by the experience as well. You've had the run out in Spain. This is a higher level fight. Are we going to see any changes in Anthony in terms of his style or anything like that in this one? I told you. And there ain't no reverse 
changes what I said in Russia. We ain't changing nothing. Time changes things. Time. It's just time. If you keep on reading the ABC, eventually you'll get it. You don't change the ABC and start saying C-A-B. You say ABC until you get it over and over and over again. Most people fade after two or three tries. That ain't us. We ain't even so... What, okay, so we've done something 98, 99% of the boxing fraternity have never done and because we came up slightly short against a guy that had more than 200 amateur fights and been a champion for God knows how long and, and, and been Ring Magazine Fight of the Year on two occasions so because we had that one shortcoming, you want us to change? No sir, we ain't changing nothing we're just going to keep working, keep working, keep doing, perfect our art. Because that's what it is. Boxing is an art. And we just have to keep... And I've said it. And Anthony, you know, I, I don't put sound bites into Anthony. He's got his own mind. And a, a very, very strong-willed individual. Um, believe me, <laughs> if anything needed changing, Anthony would change it. Of course, we've changed a few things, obviously. And that's just... Um, I hear you spar now as well. Human, so. No, great sparring. <laughs> still, still no sparring. Still sparring. I, I told you, I'm the best sparring partner. People message me all the time. I say, listen, I, I'm going to keep telling you what you want to hear. <laughs> you don't bash me on social media all you want. We ain't changing nothing. No, I've never bashed you on social media. <laughs> no sparring. We don't need no sparring. I'm the best sparring partner. You know what it is, Dan. So, um, I, just, I just, I love this sport. I love the young man that I'm following this journey with because uh, it, it's, it's, it's two people on, a, on one goal, one mission with the same mindset, lands in the camp. In the same way that Kovalev's experience proved pivotal in the fight last year, do you think Anthony's experience, enriched by that Kovalev fight, will prove pivotal in this fight with Lyndon? Give me the man. <laughs> You're the man. That's what I like about you, Dan. You always see, you see the little dots in what's going on. <laughs> Now, the experience is going to show in our favor. And that's why I say, a wise man does it at the beginning, what a fool does in the end. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, sunshine. <laughs> Thanks for the mic back. <laughs>
after all, it's hard to say, we're all taking credit away from Carlos. He boxed really well tonight, he was sharp, he switched on and he, he, he stuck to a good game plan. But I think maybe three years in the wildcard took a bit out of Scott and maybe a few too many miles on the clock, which was, which was sad to see. It was a hard fight, I think. A few years ago, that would have been a good competitive fight and it wasn't. And let's say, I'm, I'm very close to Scott and hard watch, but full credit to Carlos, he boxed really well. I mean, you're right, it, it seemed not to be the kind of version of take no, nothing away from Carroll, yeah, but it, it seemed to be the version that, yeah. of Quig that we were kind of used yeah, to seeing. Yeah, no, he just, like, uh, he kind of knew from 30 seconds in, it, it wasn't quite the Quig we've seen. And when people ask me in the build-up, how do I think this fight are going? I always thought I'd let you know, want to know what Quig's like. You know, it's tough in the wild card and you know, spar, tough spar week after week. And, he had a few hard fights, the last few fights as well, about this fight, it's a tough fight. And I don't know, I'll have to speak to Scott after it, but I think he might have realised himself there. I think, you know, you're the last person out. I think he might have knew his body wasn't doing what his brain was telling him, but just full credit to Carol, he boxed really well and said, I don't want to take that away from him, but I just wanted to Scott to be What do you think Quigg will do now? I don't know. Yeah, he's got to have a long hard think about it. In my opinion, he's just lost to someone he may have beat two or three years ago. So I think when this, that starts happening, you've got to have a, a think about what you want to do in the sport. But again, no, I'm not going to put weight on the belt and make decisions for him. He'll probably have a rest and then make a decision. But I say, I, I feel he's just lost to someone who he may have beat a couple of years ago. Mm. You know, I'm going to ask about yourself now. Yeah, you probably know are more you, than me. Are you out of the running now? As far as I know. Yeah, listen, I. I I think I was probably in the running for 24 hours, they made me an offer. But it looks at some point. Yeah, I said no, expecting a bit of back and forth, yeah. and we'll have a negotiate and we agree and when the fight's done and there wasn't, they gave me one offer and then went to social media saying I turned it down when, to my awareness, Billy Joe turned the exact same offer down but then they come back with more and negotiated with him whereas they just, I got left so I don't know why they just offered it just to cover their own backs when people ask them why aren't they fighting me, they can say we'll be glad and he turned it down but that wasn't the case, I've said it, it is the fight I want, it's just, I don't think they ever wants to fight me this time round and I mean if Billy Joe has got it, I don't think it's been a official announcement but if he has got up to him, I hope he goes over and does it, you know, he's, he's a fellow Brit, I know he's my weight but unless he's fighting me, I wish him all the best. I mean, Eddie's just kind of keeping us updated. I mean, it seemed to be like a little bit of a yes, rollercoaster over yeah. the last few weeks, but he sort of said that it was coming down to kind of who's financially would take it yeah, lower, if you like. Yeah, I think they tried to do that, but then it's just as much as we both want to fight, we both kind of know our worth, and we're not just going to take it for peanuts. And no, I, I believe neither of us were asking for what Daniel Jacobs got or what Commonwealth got, but we want a bit more than what we were both originally offered the first time. And, I hope Billy Joe has got it, I hope he's got what he asked for and I say good luck to him. Absolutely. In hindsight, do you regret kind of... No, to be honest with you, because, as I said, I think I could have said I'd take it first, you know, £20 and I don't think I'd have got it. I think they just made me the offer no and I'd say no, so that they can say, well, they tried me, I said no, rather than getting people asked them why, I'd, why haven't they have five weeks I'm the Big Magazine champion, but... Listen, there's no, no regrets from my arms, like I said, I don't believe I'd have got it regardless of what number I'd have accepted. Do you still think you'll get a shot at Kevin? Uh, again, no, I don't think so. I never thought I would. And you know, I think after my last performance, if I was going to get it, I'd get it now, and I haven't. So, no, not really. And by the way, I get most of the information off Twitter, and apparently his next three fights are lined out for him. So, 
I probably have to be fourth in line, and even then I still might get it. So I can't sit around and wait for a fight. That probably never, might never happen. I've got to sit down with my team and come up with the next best option and hopefully get a big fight. Uh, Danny Jacobs was mentioned. Yeah, listen, I'd love that fight. He's a, he's a big name. He's a massive name over in the States. And he's a very good fighter. He's a two-time world champion. And he's now at my weight. So, listen, if that fight can be made, then no, that's probably the top of the list of the fights that I would like. If the Canelo one it doesn't happen, which doesn't look like. So, I say we'll speak with Eddie, sit down, and hopefully we can get the Jacobs fight done. Do you think that yeah, I think I think we're a lot made up. I think we I think we both give him a lot of problems in different ways. I've got size and I've got power with it. Billy Joe's very awkward and skillful and slippery and we've seen with Canelo in the ladder fight and the trout fight, he isn't as good with a southport as he is with Orthodox and you know, Billy's a slick southport and I'm sure you know, he's had a few below par performances but he always seems to deliver when he needs to and you know, this is the biggest fight for him so hopefully we see the best Billy Joe Saunders and I do believe he can cause him problems. Helen, listen, whatever fight you're going to be next year, you know it'll be a big one anyway. Yeah, hopefully so. that's the plan, hopefully regardless or not. As long as I'm still a world champion I should be in big fight so hopefully we can get one nailed down and announce it pretty soon. Well, you've got the right attitude with this, like I said to you, I'm sure got him, Billy, and he, he decided to Yeah, listen, I've got good luck to him. It's a fight we both wanted. No, I've got nothing against Billy. I like him, and you know, I hope he goes over there and puts a show on. This is Andy Peroff, Boxing Social in association with Betfred and I'm joined by Dave Caldwell here in Manchester. Dave, let's work our way through a very good card here in Manchester. Well, some fights were very good, some not very good. <laughs> Start off with that headline one where John O'Carroll defeating Scott Quigg, 11th round stoppage. What was your thoughts on their fight? I thought, uh, I thought Carroll was fantastic. I thought he was basically punch perfect. Um, and I really enjoyed watching him do what he did, but I didn't enjoy watching the fight because of how, how it panned out for uh, Scott. I've seen a lot of people over social media suggesting that maybe Scott, you know, the corner should have thrown him a towel a bit earlier. What was your thoughts on that? Fuck. Yeah. Um, he never won any stage of that fight. He never, he never looked like he was capable of winning any stage of that fight. Um, and when a fighter is at a stage in his career where you're asking questions about how much he got left going into the fight. I was talking about this as a crossroads fight where how much has Scott Quigg got left? And you're hearing about people seeing him getting hammered in, or when he was over the wild card and getting tough sparring and things like that. And, and you know that this man will give absolutely everything and he will, he's got no quit in him whatsoever. He's got no quit. He needs protecting. And, you know, it's, it's all right. We, we as trainers... And as coaches, we get, um, we like it when as fighters win and looking good. We get slated when as fighters get beat. But ultimately, that doesn't matter. 
what matters is is that we look after our fighters when they've got big balls you can't afford to have big balls in a corner and you can't afford to put their you can't afford to be worried about the wrath coming from them for pulling them out you can't be afford to you can't afford to worry about well, if I throw this towel in, he's going to be pissed off at me and he's going to fall out at me or he's going to do this. It doesn't matter. If that's, if that's what it takes, then, then it doesn't matter because ultimately you've got, you've, you've got his health in there. You know? And it's not about his health now, tonight. You can say, oh, well, John O'Carroll don't punch hard, this, 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 rah, rah. But he's taking clean shots, getting absolutely hammered all the way through the fight. And it's the accumulative effect. It's what's going to happen to him and, and how many bubbles is he blowing in a few years' time. That's what you've got to look at. And, you know, it's, it, it might sound harsh and I might sound like a cock for saying it, but I'll be saying it because I found it really uncomfortable watching. The, you know, it, it, the kid had no answers. And Scott gives, he's given his life to this sport. He's given his life to it. And you, you saw it at the end when they did throw the towel in eventually. He was fuming and he was arguing with it. But he's always going to argue with it. 99% of fighters, if you do that, they're going to argue with it. But that's, that's, the, that's your responsibility. With, like I said, with, with the pats on the back and, and people praising you saying, oh, you're a great coach, you've done this, you've done that, blah, blah. With all that comes a responsibility to when shit goes wrong, you have to be willing to do the hard thing, you know? Um, and... It's not like it was a surprise to us because we were, I mean, we were talking in, the, in, in our meetings beforehand, we were talking about how much Scott's got left. You know, would there be a point where do you think you know, the towel might come in? These, these are conversations that people were having because we knew that this is this, the, the crossroads fight. We knew that this was a stage that, that Scott Quigg's at. So it's not like you've gone in there, it's fresh, fresh kid, fresh fight, whatever, blah, blah, and it's a big shock bit, or he's just been out boxing, this, that. He's talking about you've got to look at things as stages of fights. How far somebody's gone backwards, and it's not—it's just not there. You're asking your man to do certain things, and they just can't do it. Like I said, I might be coming across as a cock, but it's how—it's it, not just myself. Or the whole lot of us that were all sat there together, we were, we were fuming. It, it was just—it was just horrible to watch. But then at the same time, it was—you can't take that away from John O'Carroll because he was brilliant. He boxed brilliant. Brilliant! I'm really happy for him because you know he's, he, he's a showman and, and he's a completely contrast in, in personalities to what Scott Quigg is. But he boxed brilliant. He, he, he did everything that he had to do. Obviously, just to move away from my headline, thought you just get your thoughts on a couple of other ones. Your old charge, Anthony Fowler. Um, don't really know what to say about his fight, his opponent, not really setting the world alight some criticism of social media not towards Anthony but towards his opponent nothing that Anthony could do as a last minute opponent being pulled in but what can we take away from his win and his first by working with Shane so his opponent coming at last minute I think I believe on Tuesday yeah. um, so he was always going to be naturally a, a smaller man and, and, and because he's he coming at 11-1 so if he's coming at Tuesday not a time to lose lots of weight and things like that so he's coming at 11-1 he is what he is the only problem is that he's got in a ring with some boots that are probably from 1950s that have never ever been resold. You know, he was doing the moonwalk and everything in there. It was, it was bad. So that's what made it look worse than what it was. Listen, it was going to get blasted out anyway. Yeah. Um, so I feel sorry, Fran. Um, 
I think he, uh, it was, his feet were moving great. Um, he was boxing nice and long. I thought, he, I thought he looked good. I thought he looked great. I remember before the fight, they pulled up the Scott Fitzgerald fight uh, with Anthony up onto the screens and I saw you watching it. When you was there watching that, I mean, obviously you're watching Anthony in the ring there. Was it hard for you to watch Anthony with, with another trainer? You're not being in the corner, you know, barking instructions at him? Not really, because he's, he's moved on to better things. You know, he's, he, he's gone on and, and um, if he had gone to... So this. If it had gone to somebody that I thought were a shit trainer or, or is gonna, yeah, then 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 it's something where you're gonna be like, oh. But he's gone on to a really good coach who's, who was very successful, um, who will get the best out of him because Fowler will listen to him and do what, do what he wants him to do, um, and so it's it's a good move. So no, I'm I'm, I'm quite happy for him. It's obviously not something which I want to dwell on. I'm move away from that now. Between you and Anthony. Um, Going on to the Zach Parker Rohan Murdoch fight, what did you make of Zach's victory late stoppage? I thought he boxed really well, really well. It was a good, it was a good fight for him, a, a fight for him that he will get a lot of experience from, uh, that he can use moving forward, that will add to him as a fighter, um, mentally and physically. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was really good. He had a couple of rounds where it looked like, oh, it's turning now. Murdoch is starting to get, get, get to grips with him. But then what was good is that he had those moments and then he controlled them and then turned it back round, and then just dominated. Um, I thought he boxed really well, I, I, I was impressed with that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good fight for him, and, and great experience for him. Obviously highly ranked with the WBO, he's with uh, IBF as well, I believe. Do you think he's world level yet, or? No, no, not yet. And, and that's not taking anything away from him. Listen, what you have to remember is, is fighters have to take their opportunities when they get an opportunity, you're not gonna turn it down. Of course he wants his world title shot straight away, but from, from a, a distance and from a uh, position of perspective were they the number one and number two in that division rankings say yeah but are they the, the first and the second best in the rankings no not realistically uh, it was a good good quality international commonwealth title level fight um, that kind of level fight I thought it was um, but that doesn't mean that, that they're ready now because by rights, if you're going to say that, then that by rights, the winner of that is ready to fight Billy Joe, Canelo, people like that. Not yet. Not yet. No need to as well. You get, now, now he's in that position, get some learning fights that are going to bridge that gap. Well, Dave, we'll leave there now because I know I've taken up plenty of your time and you're going to want to go home and relax and put your feet up. So I appreciate it as always. Thank you for speaking to Boxing Social. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thank Kunkasius, IFL TV, MTK Global, joined by Amir Khan. How are you, mate? I'm doing good, thanks. Look well, Amir? Yeah, yeah man, doing all right. Doing a little bit of training here and there. Back in the gym again. Keeping, keeping head down. Um, 
yeah, obviously just had the, uh, my wife's had the How's baby. How's the baby, all right? The baby's good, yeah, thanks. Um, so I've just been busy with the family, spending time with them. Hopefully, um, announce a date within, hopefully in Ramadan time, because Ramadan's going to be coming up, so I want to fight around probably at summertime, so, yeah. Any indication to where you might be fighting, Amir? Cause uh, there's a few options out there, you know, I've got, I've got, uh, I've got deals on, on the table for America, but I've got a UK fight, or I've got a fight back in Saudi Arabia, so I've got options open, to be honest with you. So I'm going to look at all options, see what the what the best deal is with it. Because there was rumours that you could come back kind of at the end of this month, but obviously you're yeah. not, but it, there was talk of you. Yeah, I was I was thinking that, but then I thought, you know what, it might be better to just, just take, my, take my time a little bit, spend time with the family. Um, I was in training, I was training a little bit to get, get the weight off. And um, so yeah, but I thought there's no point rushing. I've had 39 fights already, so... You know, there's no, there's no harm in just taking my time and just enjoying this little break and then get back into it in the summertime. Obviously, Eddie Hearns there. Every time I speak to Eddie, um, I do ask him if he's quite, kind of had a conversation with you, but has, it, has there been any conversations with, with Hearn over potential doing something? Yeah, definitely. You know, obviously, um, Eddie and myself, we've worked together a couple of times on a few fights together, so why not again, you know? and. It's an opportunity there that we can maybe work towards. So let's see what 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 deals the, the deals there are out there. And I, I don't mind working with my team. I've done work with them before in the in the, in the past. Uh, let's just see what the options are. Really, like I said, I'm just uh, chilling out at the moment, spending time with my family, and hopefully, just find out within the next couple of weeks at least what what, what direction I want to go. How many fights do you believe you have left in you, Amir? I mean, I still feel good. You know, I was still, I was sparring not long ago with a couple of young lads, uh, similar weight to me. Um, and I felt good, man. I felt sharp, I felt strong. Um, so I did a young up and coming fighters. Um, but you know, I still feel like I've got a lot left in me. Uh, but you know, just, like, at the same time, you know, when you've made enough money in, the, in your career, I mean, look, we, we, we fighters, we do it for, you know, to live, a, to get a good, to have a good living. Uh, I've made good money in the sport, but I just want to keep myself taking over. Just want to maybe one or two more fights and let's see where, where it goes from there. Has it been suggested, I know, listen, it's like we're going over old ground all the time, but has Hearn spoke to you about, about Brooke, about that potential fight? No, no conversations no about conversation that at all. About Brooke. Would you entertain conversations about that? Not, not, not to be honest with you. I don't think, I think he's at 154 now, you know, I'm, I'm still at 147, so I don't think it makes a difference now. I think he's gone, he's gone up to the next weight division. Now, we respect that. A fight up didn't happen, so we have to move on and look at other names now. Because Manny Pacquiao is rumoured to be fighting Mikey Garcia in Saudi yeah. in July. Eddie Hearn said that he wants to make that fight. But yeah. I mean, Pacquiao is a fight that you've wanted for a long time as well. Look, I'm, not, I'm not in that position now where I'm going to start chasing names. I'm just going to go with the flow, really. Uh, I'm going to, when, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I have a date set, I'm just going to go with whatever's out there and whatever opponent I can get. Uh, I, I did go through that time when I was chasing opponents and obviously I wasn't getting the, the names I wanted, but I waste a lot of my career doing that, you know. But at the same time, you know, to have 39 fights, I mean, it's not, it's a lot of fights, really. At the highest level as well, at the very high level of boxing, find the top names like Crawford, Canelo, and all the biggest names in boxing. So, you know, I've had a great career at the moment, and I just want to finish it off with a few more fights and take it from there. I mean, when you look back to how long ago you had that Marcus Maidana fight, that was a long time ago, considering. That was back in 2010. Wow. So, so it was 10 years ago, you know, so obviously I've had a lot of fights in that time since then and um, I'm just going strong like I said I love the sport and that's the reason that's the reason I'm still involved in it that's the reason I still want to fight um, but yeah let's see how the family feel about that I mean I mean they're always in two minds like should call it a day now I'm like but I just love 
love being in it, you know what I mean? So then things hard to walk away from it. Because you know, once you walk away from it, I don't want to be one of the professional fighters that walks away from it, that come wants to come back again. I want to walk away from it knowing it, knowing that I've done everything I wanted to. Do you know what? I've always thought over the years, Amir, that the stuff you do outside of the ring for, for charity, I mean, it's, it's countless the amount of times that you've kind of put yourself, and a lot of this stuff we don't even know. You just you go out and you do it um, helping various countries and that, and that goes, that doesn't get enough recognition. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been awarded by, you know, the, 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 the Royals for doing a lot of charity work. Um, Amir Khan Foundation is working in all, all different countries, in Africa, Pakistan, Asia, all over the world, you know, even UK, helping the less fortunate here, especially helping a lot of the schools here. And I try to do as much as I can using my name. And we do, we do big dinners, we do events. Uh, I auction gloves off. I, I get a lot of celebrities to come to my events as well, football players and other boxers. And all that money goes towards 100% towards the poor people, you know, the, or, the, or the less fortunate people. So I love doing that outside of boxing and that keeps me quite busy. At the same time now I've just announced a boxing event I'm going to be doing in Pakistan. So I'm doing professional boxing events in Pakistan. I'm WBC head in Pakistan. So I, I, I represent them in, in, that, in that Asia area. So I keep myself busy, you know, but I enjoy it more than anything. To me, I don't, I don't make money from it. I just enjoy it because it's just uh, helping others and getting, getting, uh, getting more boxes coming out, you know, grassroots levels. How stressful is fatherhood for you? Quite tough, not easy. I mean, that's why I pushed my fight to like July time, July, August time, because um, it's not easy. You know, you, I've got three children now and they're all under five. So it is quite difficult. I want to get them out of the way quick. That's what I said, I said to the wife now, I've got a boy now, I'm happy. I've got two girls. Are you done? Now. Are you I'm done? I'm done now, yeah. <laughs> well, who knows, you know. Um, but you know what, it's, uh, it's about, you know, being there for them. And that's why I want to be there for them now. My wife needs a bit of support and help with the little with the little boy. But yeah, it's going well, man. I, I mean, I, I love them to bits, you know. Everything I do in my boxing career is for them. Of course, you're just kind of setting up their future, oh, which is what you've been doing since you turned professional. Even though you didn't have kids then, but you knew you would do, and that's yeah, what you're doing. Definitely. I've been doing that, you know. I've been supporting a lot of people. I mean, I got a, I got a list of people who I'm supporting and taking care of and looking after, you know. And also now with the charity side of it. There's hundreds of thousands of people that we're looking after, so you know it makes me happy. It gives me a lot of peace. At night time, I can sleep. You know, everything I've done, and I uh, thanks to boxing. You know, without boxing, I wouldn't have been able to do that. So I thank boxing for the support I've got from it. I thank the fans that have always been there, supporting me and being, you know, motivating me as well, pushing me all the way. Because without them, I would not be able to do my charity work. I would not be able to be in the ring and fight. So they've been on my side. So I want to respect. Like, I have to give my respect. You know? If you weren't to fight again, would you? Would you be happy and you're kind of content with everything? Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, I've had, I must have been about like 15 world title fights I've had. I've been in the ring with the biggest names, uh, had the best fight of the year, won the best fight of the year, um, headline at the MGM, uh, at the, you name it, Barclays Arena, at the uh, Madison Square Garden. So I've done literally what I wanted to do, you know what I mean? For the O2 in the UK, Manchester Arena sold it out. So I've had some great experiences and I mean, I'm still going and um, you know, it's just one of them things that it's hard for me to walk away from the sport uh, because you know, you love it that much and I've been in the game, I've been in it for such a long time that I know that once I call it a day, I'm gonna, I am gonna miss it. So I wanna make sure when I am gonna call it a, call it a day, it's gonna be the right time. But I mean, that is one thing that springs to mind whenever someone mentions your name, Amir, that you just, you don't give a fuck, you fight 
literally anyone. And the fights that you haven't had, i.e. the Mayweather fights, that's not for the want of trying. You've been in with everyone, win, lose or draw, you've taken them fights. I fought, I fought the top guys at the peak, you know, um, and, and, and the best pen for pen fighters I've fought as well. So it's just amazing to, to be in the ring with those type of fighters and to beat a lot of those fighters as well because, you know, I've got a good name in, in America, a good name in UK with boxing and it's boxing that's done that, you know, so uh, I just appreciate the sport, man, I respect it and that's why, that's why I like to go out to other countries and promote boxing, I like to come to events like this and see the up and coming fighters, see the next generation of fighters. So I am, I am 33 now, so I am coming more towards the end of my career, but I'm, I'm making the most of it, I'm, I'm loving it, I'm enjoying it and just uh, making the most of this man, this time man. A quick word on Tyson Fury, Amir, obviously you know Tyson very yeah. well and uh, uh, emphatic performance against Wilder out in Las I mean, Vegas. Definitely, I mean, he put Wilder down, gave him a, gave him a boxing lesson uh, really, you know. What he did in the fight, he did everything, just punch perfect, stuck behind his jab. I mean, I never thought he had the power to knock him down, but he did. He knocked him down probably twice, I think it was in the fight and then it was a, it was a it was a fair decision by the referee by stopping the fight. I think uh, Wilder was taking a lot of punishment. There's always another day, and I just heard that they've announced the third fight. So I think that's going to be quite exciting as well. So you know what? I mean, boxing for British boxing is on a high at the moment, and everyone wants to see the big one between uh, Fury and AJ. I mean, Who wins that? Who wins that? I have to I have to lean towards Fury. I just feel that what he's shown a lot more than AJ has. No disrespect to AJ. AJ is a great champion, but I just feel that. Fury at the moment is that step ahead. All right, I mean, I'm not going to take too much of your time, so I appreciate you talking to IFL TV. Thank you very much. Uh, we look forward to hearing news of when you will return soon, and uh, I say congratulations on the baby. David Avenesian, which is a tough one for us because we've really taken a gamble to go to the O2 to give him the ultimate spotlight because I feel like if you're going to take a gamble like that, if it comes off and you do it there with all, with all the profile, you're going to be a big, big star. You know? So we're, you know, we're in a huge arena, we're selling decent amount of tickets, we're certainly not going to be filling it up, but I don't care because I want Josh Kelly to get that platform to see if he can be a superstar. And I think he'll thrive in that kind of super, in that, that kind of fight. It is an absolutely brilliant fight. David Avenesian is an animal. He will not stop from the first round to however long he's in there. Josh Kelly's going to be put under immense pressure throughout the whole fight. But I think that's the kind of environment that you'll see him shine. Boatsy, Ben, uh, Ellie, um, Ellie Scottney making her professional debut on the card. Great fight with Luther Clay against Chris Congo on that card as well. Big fight being announced for Felix Cash on Monday. Then we go up to Newcastle. 
um, where I'm trying, I keep getting told off for how many fights I've got in the car. Well, basically, whenever I go to Newcastle, they call me at the press conference, all these local managers, and go, oh, can I have my kid on? He'll sell 400. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they all phone the office, ordering tickets, and go, who, who are these people? Oh, Eddie said he could go on. So we've got about 13 fights at the moment. We've got, obviously, Lewis Ritson against uh, Vasquez. We've got Joe Laws. We've got Savannah Marshall fighting for the world title. You've got Thomas Patrick Ward. Um, you've got Cash Farouk going to be making his matchroom debut. You've got a great heavyweight fight between Simon Valili and Fabio Waldley. You've got Chad Ellis, just had a good win. Um, blimey, I mean, it goes on and on. Terry Wilkinson, April Hunter. Like, I don't know, just so many fights. And, and what yeah. big name additions, Eddie? Because there was part of Callum Johnson, but obviously yeah, well, he's been in Yeah, probably not, probably not. Um, we've done, blimey, over 7,000 already up there, so we've still got a month left. It's going to be full up. Then we've got May, the, uh, sorry, April 24th, which, well, April 17th first in uh, Washington, which is going to be Maurice Hooker against Regis Progress, Cecilia Brackhouse against McCaskill, hopefully the Campbell Fortuna fight falling on that card as well. Um, then we've got April 24th, Terry Harper against Natasha Jonas, Kieran Conway against Nav Mansouri. Um, also on that fight, on that card is Shannon Courtney. Also on that card is Dante Dixon. Also on the card is. Sorry? Dalton Smith. Also on the card is the other kid who, Anthony Tomlinson. Uh, that's the 24th. Then May the 2nd is going to be, I think May the 2nd will be one of the best cards we've ever done. You're going to have White Povetkin, Taylor Serrano, Callum Johnson against McAlkin. We're going to make Jack Cullen against Jason Quigley. And Fitz is on the card as well. Another exciting addition which we'll be announcing this week as well. That's for May the 2nd. Scott Fitzgerald. Yes, he'll be yep. on the card, Fitz. Yep. And then May the 23rd. We'll announce on Friday, which will be Usyk against Jazora. I don't know why I bother telling you. I'm not supposed to be announcing. Just announced it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? No, no, that's at the O2. So there'll be another big world title. Actually, there'll be two world title fights on that card for Brits, going challenging for world titles. Coley. And there, yeah. There's another one I was supposed to announce this week. Um, <laughs> and then uh, June 20th, and then also Warrington as well, which could land May the 30th. Um, we'll try. Not really, just that he fancy coming along. Yeah, yeah, well, Kid Galahad's, you know, obviously he wants to fight Josh Warrington. Josh Warrington wants to unify. So we'll see what happens. Um, June the 20th will be Joshua against Pulev. Um, some interesting fights being lined up for that card as well. That'll be announced in two weeks' time. Saudi That'll happening. Saudi could be July the 11th. That'll be Pacquiao against Garcia or something like that. Then we've got July the 18th, which is the pencil date for Scott Fitzgerald against Anthony Fowler, the rematch. And then I'm going to fuck off for four weeks and then make sure that I ain't got to talk to any of you lot <laughs> for the whole of summer. And then we're going to start all over again. Finally, one more thing. Are you Dana White in disguise? Because I see you copying a lot of, a lot of his content. Yes, yes. well, uh, that thing what he does, well, I, I did a shit one, basically. He's got this really nice thing where it's all like stickers, you know? And he's like, hey, but I, I, he did it the other day. He had like pair of tatty jeans on. I don't know what his game was, but I, I thought I looked smarter. Anyway, but I did it wrong. I did it on a whiteboard with writing. You couldn't even see it. So his ones are much better than mine. Uh, I, people do say I look like Dana White, but with hair that might not last too much longer. And also our where to watch tonight. Yeah, I saw that. That's the thing. I literally, it was literally... Well, we just copied it from the UFC. So that bit's not really groundbreaking about where it was. Yes, the setup was very similar. As I tell everyone in all our interviews, I will continuously copy what the UFC do. Everything they do is absolutely first class. Dana White is a great mind. He's a great promoter. 
And if I get uh, called the Dana White of boxing, I'm very happy with that. Um, so I have huge respect for the UFC as a brand. In fact, we are the only true international boxing promotional company in the world. There is no other promotional company that are consistently staging events in other countries without teaming up with other promoters. So there's no British promoter that's staging events in America. There's no American promoter that's staging events in the UK. They're all, you know, Bob will do it with Frank or Frank will do it with Bob. You know, we, will, we are operating now in the UK, in America, in Italy, in Spain, in Saudi Arabia, in Monaco, um, we'll be in Canada, Germany, Japan, and Australia this year. And we are going for it. We are trying to be the UFC of boxing. We probably won't get as big, but we'll give it a fucking good go. Yeah, that is. My fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking the icon right here and also hit the bell button so that you can get alerts every time we upload a new video. Mohamed, IFL TV, MTK Global at the Barclays, joined by Henry Garcia. How are you doing, sir? Good, good, good. I'm doing great. How's Ryan getting along after Ryan, his great knockout? Ryan's doing great. He's relaxing right now. He's got like um, a few weeks off, and then um, he plans on going back in training camp next week, actually. Eddie's made some comments recently, Eddie Hearn, saying that he wants that fight with Devin Haney and Ryan to happen this year. Do you think that's realistic, Henry? Realistically, it might happen early next year. Okay. Because Ryan's got like a few fights ahead of him, you know. But um, I mean, of course, that's what we want as well, you know. But you know, there's a there's a process that we got to go through. However, however, you know, if 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 they make things right, I mean, it could happen. I mean, anything's possible. How big is that fight? That fight is gonna be big because they both know each other from amateur days. They both know each other. What? And they're both good. What are your thoughts on TFM Lopez? What do I think of him? Yeah. I think he's a good fighter. I think he's a good fighter. I mean, he knows, you know, he's, he's got a good punch, you know. Um, I wish him well against Lomachenko, you know. Lomachenko has the experience, of course, you know. But, um, hey, you know, when you got a punch, anything can happen. Look what happened to, you know, Fury the first time. Mm. Moving on to Canelo, we expect this Billy Joe Saunders announcement to happen. Yeah. Um, thoughts on that fight? Well, you know, we're preparing for Billy Joe Sanders. You know, he's got a good sparring partner, Lawrence King, right now, who's southpaw. You know, so we're preparing well. We've already started our training camp, you know, and things look good. Things are bright. Do you think there's any reason why Canelo picked Billy over Callum Smith? Well, I mean, I don't know if there was any particular reason. I mean, it's just, you know, that's the way they were negotiating. I don't, I don't, I don't do that part. Mm. You know, I'm worried about that. I mean, it's up to the promoters, you know, the hands that got stuff, and Eddie and Renoso and the team. You know. yeah. Just yeah. lastly, uh, a couple of weeks ago in Las Vegas, we saw Tyson Fury dominate from first second to right. the end of the fight. What did you make of some of Wilder's comments after the fight, that he's reviewing Mark Breland's position, also the costume excuse? Well, you know, the costume to me was an excuse because um, when he fought Ortiz, he had something very similar to that, you know, outfit. So, I, you know, I mean, hey, you know, you got outboxed, you got beat, you know. 
just like he celebrated the first time when he beat Fury, you know, he was all, you know, everything's fine. Everybody gave him credit. But now Fury, you got to give him credit. You know, he outboxed him. He took it to him. You know, and Wilder just didn't have the, I don't know, maybe he just didn't have the conditioning. Because if you if you can't hang and, and last for, you know, a good 12 rounds, then something's wrong. Your conditioning's off. So I think that was that played a big role. Do you think Mark made the right call to throw the towel in? I think he did. He would have gotten hurt. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad he did. I am, I am glad he did because, you know, he was getting hurt. Just lastly, do you see Tyson Fury as the number one heavyweight on the planet right now? I totally agree, yeah. Right now, I mean, he's very smart. He, you know, he has no fear. You know, when, you don't have, when, when, when Holyfield beat Tyson, you know, in the dressing room, Holyfield was like, you know, praising God and just calm. When you have a fighter like that who's calm and just collective like that, those are the dangerous ones. Those are the ones you got to watch out for. Oh, they got everything you, down pat. Yeah.